Hey everyone, welcome to episode 26 of the Antler Up podcast. And on today's episode, Dimitri and I are joined by Jared Larson with Onyx Hunt app. And in this episode, Jared talks to us about a ton of different topics from picking a good glassing spot, stalking on a mule deer, to even what gear we run during our whitetail season. And uh, man, I can't tell you how much we really enjoyed speaking with Jared and it was a great pleasure to have him on. So thank you, Jared, for coming uh, and talking with us. Uh, and be sure to check out Onyx Hunt app today. Also a big thank you to all of you for your continued support, especially a thank you to all of our amazing partners. Those of you over the weekend that purchased like, your hats, thank you so much. It, it really means a world to us. And uh, make sure, please go to our, our website at antlerupoutdoors.com. Click on that more tab. You'll see our partners. They're all supportive. They're all great. They all help out the hunting community uh, and obviously make some great products. And thank you so much for your support. And before we get into it, let's just cover a little bit of, about some of our partners. And over the weekend, I was using the, the Onyx Hunt app, and uh, I was drawing up some potential land improvements for some potential food plots. And this is a really useful tool on the app because it really maps out exactly where I want to possibly put that food plot and the, get the exact size of the area. And this will allow us to, to know exactly how much seed we need to use and all that information. Uh, so there's so many different ways uh, you could use the Onyx uh, Hunt app. And just for $30, I'm sure it's the one tool that you're going to get the most use out of this upcoming hunting season. So go check out onyxmaps.com and download the number one hunting app. And so getting ready for our Utah mule deer hunt has been a fun challenge in itself. One of the challenges to make sure that I'm mentally and physically prepared. The other day I went on a hike here in Central PA in a 90 degree weather and wore the new First Light Arrowwool Tech Tee. I was completely drenched when I reached the fire tower. I was still comfortable uh, when I got to the top and on the way down on the descent. And on my drive home, my shirt was completely dry with no odor. So you could wear this all day uh, and during the summer, hiking, fishing, camping, shooting your bow, whatever, or even on your way out when you're packing into to your hunt. It could be a perfect shirt for that. So amazing quality, amazing product, awesome people. Go check them out over at firstlight.com. And last week we talked about broadheads from Sever and I told you check out what's going to be coming out soon. Uh, and today the new Titanium 2.0, uh, which is an upgrade to the 2.1. And some new features include a more uh, swept back blade angle, so re-engineered deployment arm geometry and a two-inch cutting diameter. This results up to a 15% more efficient uh, penetration uh, from the original TI 2.1. So all previous TI 2.1 ferrules can accept the new uh, 2.0 replacement blades, which is awesome. So head over to their website now, check them out, and score some deals also on the broadheads uh, that will be in our quivers come fall. So check out severbroadheads.com. Thanks again, everyone, for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's show with Jared. We had a blast uh, recording this one. It's a fun episode. Uh, so thank you again. Thank you for the support. Till next time, Antler Up. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Antler Up podcast. And on today's episode, we are joined by Jared Larson with On X Maps. Jared, how are you, man? I'm good. How are you boys doing? Good, good. And, uh, Man, a happy Monday to you. We have, uh, like, you, we just got done saying, what a crazy day. I texted Dimitri. It was about ten o'clock, and I ran to our local gun shop here and picked up our. Uh, today was the first day you could get your hunting license for for Pennsylvania. So, oh. I'm keeping the tradition alive, I'm like five years in a row going like first thing in the morning on the first day you could do it. So, 
Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Cashing those uh, checks to the meat freezer nice and early. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. So, nice. hey, you know, let's, uh, let's dive right into it. Let's talk a little bit about who you are and, you know, what position you hold with Onyx. And, uh, you know, let's talk hunting. Like I mentioned to you a little bit before, we're going to uh, get into a little bit about Western stuff. So I know with you living out West, this will be pick your brain a little bit regarding that as well as, uh, you know, see what else is coming on the horizon. Totally. Yeah. So I, uh, I, I started on at Onyx almost three years ago to the day. Um, I grew up in Wisconsin, you know, grew up, uh, as a whitetail waterfall turkey hunter for the most part, kind of actually just a, a generalist, like my old man and his brothers started taking trips out West, um, you know, when I was real young and then eventually joined them when I, got to high school and throughout college and uh you know there's i mean sitting in a tree stand like that might be the only thing i'd ever do again if somebody forced me to choose some type of critter to hunt it would probably be whitetails but man there is there's nothing to replace chasing bugle and bulls in september and uh chasing mule deer around in, in whether it's the, the mountains or the the sagebrushy country of like eastern montana it's just a whole different feel and different aspect so that's that's kind of where I came from, and at Onyx, I uh, started in customer service. Actually, that was kind of my foot in the door, and uh, just worked my way up into a marketing gig, which is where my college degree was in. and And now I'm working. Uh, I kind of lead our functional whitetail team, as we call it. Nice. So I handle all of all relationships with with ambassadors, influencers, whatever you want to call them, um, in the the whitetail space. So whitetail, waterfall, turkey is kind of we just put it all under one roof with whitetails. Right. Yeah. I mean, when you think about it, like you said, it, and there's so much that could go towards, uh, that, that category. And man, I, 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 I'm so glad we had you on just because if, from our standpoint, Onyx has been a, a lifesaver for, for us. And I mentioned, uh, one of an article that I wrote, it was actually the first one for our website of just changing my style of hunting, uh, just because of going on private land was normally my, my, uh, my gig just because of the way I grew up with my father hunting whitetail and man, I even pushed myself just on private just to get a little bit more out outside the box of how I wanted to hunt. Now hunting with Dimitri, that's solely public land. Right on. What are you guys, what are you guys doing out there on public? I mean, what's, what kind of terrain are you running? Uh, give me, give me a little bit of background of what you guys are hunting out there. So everything's, uh, just mountainous forest. There's no fields. Um, so we're hunting ridges and benches, you know, just trying to find different pinch points or, or oak flats that's going to ha have acorns that year that's going to provide feed because just because, you know, we don't have fields that are crop fields that we know that they're going to go from bedding to the food source. So uh, we got to get a little more creative of finding where the bedding is and, and where they're going to go for those acorns once they leave the bedding um, each night. So it makes it a little bit more difficult of trying to figure out the deer patterns and you know, trying to figure out where they're at. So it takes a little bit more in depth of trying to study those maps. Yeah. You guys, you guys aren't going to hear any arguments from me that there's a tougher spot in the country to kill a mature whitetail, like that Northeast up there. Good. Good luck. Yeah. Like, uh, talk, I mean, talk about country that you just constantly have to be doing boots on the ground, finding new locations and, you know, putting in the work with trail cameras. And, you know, I, honestly, I, I have to imagine you guys have a lot of empty sits sitting in a big woods, you know, sitting over, acorns which are everywhere typically and not everywhere but you know what i mean yeah. it's, it's hard to pin down a particular oak flat that a deer is going to visit that day like that's some tough hunting you boys are in yeah and i know for me like i was even going back to the the 
the private side of things, I looked at the map and that's where I kind of this past season I looked at it and I'm like, okay, deer are usually coming up the mountain uh, like from after feeding at night and they're coming crossing over to this certain spot and that's where i like you said putting trail cameras it was the that was my bread and butter for this past year and i had a cell camera and all summer i don't get anything on that camera like like people will be like what, what are you getting i'm like dude i don't know until like <laughs> middle of october because that's when these bucks start coming in that area and uh then like once that end of october starts to hit then that's when you get really excited like at least i do for back at when i go back northeast pa to hunt and that's what happened i like i text my dad i'm like dad i gotta get lower they're getting closer to that field that's like kind of across the street a little bit and then that's where they're crossing to come up and lo and behold that's where I was able to get lucky and strike gold because doe hang around there. Like we'll get doe on camera and that's where we're, we're happy because then, like we said, like once the rut kicks in, but I mean, even Dimitri just, you know, talked about with what we're finding here in central Pennsylvania, man, even scouting this past year, um, just all those nice spots that we looking at the map. And like you said, man, you're, this looks great. This looks great. And then there's like, when you put that boots to the ground, I mean, I mean, Dimitri, you talk about that where, you were like, this is good, not good, and all that. Yeah, I know. I think the hardest thing about central Pennsylvania is we don't have the the, the terrain that's going to hold bucks year after year. And then especially with the high density of rifle hunters is such a tradition in Pennsylvania. Um, we're lucky if a lot of the three or four-year-olds even make it past you know, the following year where we're hunting. So it's almost a new challenge each year that we're coming into the season. Um, just because it's not, if we let a buck pass up, it's probably unlikely that that buck's still there the next year. So it's almost a new game each year to find deer, um, especially target bucks. So Onyx has really opened my eyes as trying to figure out the best possible places to be and, and kind of, uh, wind my horizon of places to hunt that year. Because, you know, if I keep going back to the same area, you know, maybe that next year that buck got taken in archery or rifle and, you know, I'm just going to waste my time. So I got to really have plan B, C, D, and even E here in Pennsylvania, uh, just to make sure that I'm, you know, getting the best opportunities each year and each sit. Yeah, your boys' woods absolutely gets flooded with hunters. Oh, yeah. I, I don't remember the latest statistic on how many deer licenses were held by Pennsylvania, just residents alone, but I remember it being a pretty staggering number. Yeah, it's um, it's pretty high. I mean, like I, I've said it on a previous podcast talking about the private. That's where I feel comfortable. And then the past three years hunting with Dimitri, four years, and this past year was the first year where he and I went out together during gun season. Now I was tagged out with the buck during archery. Uh, he was tagged out, uh, just for in for whitetail in general during archery. So we're walking around and we're pushing, it was later on in the day and we're pushing, uh, for, for family members. And we're like, Holy cow, like, boom, there's orange. orange boom. Army. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like that's the definition. And I'm, like I said to, to him, I'm like, dude, I'm a little scared. <laughs> like, even though I'm in bright orange, but I'm like, man, there's a lot dude, of people to be honest with you. So I, I grew up in Wisconsin, which is the same culture, like yep. Wisconsin gun opener might as well be a holiday in Wisconsin. Yeah, like yeah. every kid is out Friday going up to the North woods with their old man, this, that, and the other thing. And, 
Uh, I mean, honestly, like I, I did it. I did it happily. You know, I was like stoked for open air of gun season every year from 12 until, you know, through high school. But like the more I did it, the less enjoyable I found it because again, yeah, we're, we're, we're like you guys, like we own 10 acres of private and there's, you know, there's 10 of us that hunt out of our cabin. So we're all hunting public. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty daunting when you, look out and it's just like, Oh, orange blob there, orange blob there. All of a sudden shooting time rolls around and it's like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, it's like, I was, I was not really comfortable like being on the ground. Like I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to sit in a tree all day and I'm only getting down if I, you know, shoot a deer or it's time to go back home. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean just that amount of people in a wood, like to be a deer on opening weekend, no, thanks. Yeah, well, I, I sent him a message today while he was at work because we actually extended our season. We're, we have, we're introducing Sunday hunting. So Are you really? Yeah, we have, well, we I have three. Passed. Yeah, we have three three days to start. I'm I'm going to, really? yeah, I'm, I'm going to go betting, man, I, and uh, say this year, maybe next year we'll do the same thing, but then maybe the year after. I, I think they're going to just. So, so you get three Sundays. Yeah. Which three? So we get November 15th, which is uh, archery, you know, during our, our archery yeah. season. And then we get one during bear season. First opening day will be a Saturday again uh, for, for gun season. And then uh, that's that Sunday. So basically the second day of, of gun season will be that last and third Sunday, which is, I, I mean, because flat this past year was gun open season was Saturday off Sunday and yeah. then go again Monday. And I know schools, because I'm a school teacher, some schools um, are starting to get rid of that Monday off. Whoa. Now, I think in the meat and potato of Central whoa, PA. Whoa, rewind, rewind, rewind. <laughs> you guys literally didn't have school on the Monday of opener of gun week? Uh, my high school, you got Monday and Tuesday, the first two days of rifle what? off. <laughs> I, thought, I thought Wisconsin had some cool tradition. We yeah. didn't get none of that. Yeah. All the kids just left, but people were still at school. Yeah. So, but, but uh, I live or I work at State College. So that's uh, where Penn State University is. And, so we've, they always have had that Monday off and this, this year they did as well. But then, you know, I'm the big hunter at basically as the at colleague and there's few hunters as that I work with as well, but they were asking me to like, what do you think next year's going to be? I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, it, we'll, we'll see. And, uh, once I, I said, I want to get on that calendar committee to make that because I want to have that like <laughs> Monday and Tuesday, like Dimitri said, because some of the smaller schools here in central Pennsylvania, they do usually have that Monday, Tuesday. And it's so, I mean, that's awesome, right? Th- that is awesome. Like yeah. you talk, you talk about building a, a culture and a tradition statewide. Like if you get kids at a young age out of school, all jacked up to go out there with, you know, their old man, their uncle, yeah. their grandpa, whoever it may be. Like that's, I mean, honestly, that's what hunting needs. Yeah. You know, those young folks getting real jazzed up about stuff. Well, what's even cool today. Uh, one of my colleagues, her, uh, fiance, he's, uh, from New York and she's from New York as well. And he's really wanting to get into hunting. And so he sent me a text message today and he asked me a couple questions. And so he signed up for the online course to do hunter safety and all that. So I told him, I'm like, man, I have no issues coming, you know, taking a day from my hunting season to, to show him and, you know, have fun with that going on. And I know he's really wanting to, to do archery, which is, you know, that's music to my ears. Like, it's awesome. Yeah. We're, we're really, really pumped about that. Well, good on you. Yeah, man. It's, 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 it's just a fun, unique thing where we're able to do this. And, uh, I think too, like with our platform right now, just, you know, building this podcast and just bringing people on and talk, it's, it's getting new 
like like that individual bringing max in into hunting just because like she's like oh hey like i know my boyfriend or you know at the time she was like my boyfriend's interested i'm like listen just if he has any questions i would love to just bring him on like just to talk to him anything that he needs i'll be more than happy to to help him out and uh that's what's kind of you know brought it on yeah and i've I've talked about this before on uh with with some other folks it's like if you get a new hunter that's like truly jazzed up and excited about it to like get going like guys that are looking at maps and being like hey what do you think about this spot or like hey what do you think about this bow versus these arrows like you know the folks that are in it because they're like super hyped on it yeah and the folks that are just kind of like Oh, it'd be cool to shoot a deer and fill up my freezer. Let's go see if Jeremy will drag me to his honey hole yep. and I can pull the trigger. <laughs> like it's, it's, it's the folks that are like jazzed up and like super interested in the nitty gritties of it. Like I'm always stoked to the yeah. take those folks that's, out. That's awesome. What's, what's kind of sad is I rarely, I'll go on archery talk just for, just to see what, I don't know. I, I don't even know why I go on there sometimes. And last night, I, yeah, right. <laughs> so I'm on there looking through classifieds just to see what people are getting rid of. And this one individual posted about he's the title of his selling thing for was selling the VXR and my traverse because I'm done with with hunting or something along those lines. And I clicked on it and whoa, whoa, whoa. He's done with hunting and he just bought a VXR like two months ago. Yeah. So I'm reading (laughs) it and he's, he just basically said that he was, he's frustrated because he's not improving from like shooting and it's the little things. And I'm like, man, that's what I love about it. (laughs) You know, like, Yeah, it was, yeah. it was, it was an interesting, like no one said anything. Like no one, people were like PM, PM sent, you know, they want that, that bow and all that <laughs> give stuff. Me, give, give me that bow. Give yeah. me that stuff. And man, that, that it's kind of like when I read that, I'm like, oh man, it was the two, the one part of me was sad just for the sole fact that I'm like, man, that's what I love about archery mm-hmm. and hunting is just a, is the fail and try to get better and improve. But then that other part was, man, who's not in his corner to, just be totally like, dude it's all right you know i don't know so that, that well that's... and and as you guys know like if you don't have somebody to to hold your hand a little bit or at least steer you in the right direction getting started hunting it's expensive it's daunting you're gonna fail a lot before yeah. you succeed so like overall it, it's just dang hard yeah and that's why i'm excited for our that like i said max just because he's uh he he's a tough kid he, he's a wrestling coach he's gone through you know an athlete that type of stuff and you know that's mm-hmm. you know i just think mentally he where he's at i think he, he would be very successful even without i think he would look at a, a sit where if you got a, a doe blowing at him he'd be like okay what did i do wrong you know what i mean and like totally be be take it take it as a positive so yeah i'm excited to introduce him to dimitri and he's a he's a good kid so um you know it's one more hunter that pennsylvania will have and you know for for hopefully a good reason and stuff so a few more dollars into the Pittman robertson we all we all benefit from that <laughs> yeah right man well hey we uh dimitri has been going hardcore we're coming out west we're going to utah uh yeah, man. So we're, we're, we're pumped and talk a little bit of Dimitri about like what, what you're looking at, what you're finding. And, uh, maybe Jared could, could help us out a little bit too. Well, you got, you got to preface it with, you got to give me, so are you coming out to like hunt one of them spike bowls in a, in a mega bowl unit in Utah or what right. are you doing? So we are in the vernal area, yep. um, in Utah. So that's, uh, Northeast Utah. Mm-hmm. 
So we're hunting muleys. Um, so we right drew on. a tag. So we're going to specifically go after muley bucks. Um, we don't have any expectations of shooting a monster. So, um, you know, we're not, we're going to be those guys. If we see a fork, we're probably going to shoot it, which a lot of people in podcasts would probably uh, curse us right now. But uh, for us <laughs> driving, <laughs> for driving out, we're just going to experience it and, um, really enjoy our first time out west so uh charlie been checking maps so um really don't know exactly uh try to pick people's brain of what i'm trying to look for but uh first of all just trying to look for vantage points is kind of similar to what people's been telling me to look for uh we're going in august 15th so the first week of the season um so what we're hearing is the mule deers are going to be a little in higher elevation so that's kind of what we're checking out too so just trying to look for spots on the map um with those elevation changes and then also um using some of those road features with onyx maps to try to get away from people so we're gonna have camp on our back every day that way we can kind of get away from people get a little further in and then just kind of camp wherever we need to so we're not going to set up a base camp we're going to kind of move spot to spot um, and then try to, like I said, get away from people, try to find some less pressured deer. So, especially for our first time out. Sounds, sounds like a dream hunt, honestly. <laughs> so, uh, high country mule deer has been something that's at the top of my list. And I actually just started to pony up some dollars myself. I bought like a, a Colorado, uh, bonus point for mule deer this year, because nice. a lot of those units, if for an archery tag, you know, you're looking at one to two points. So, uh, and I actually was looking at Utah as well. How many points did it take you to draw? First, first, first crack. So, no points. No points. So, I mean, this yeah. was, we kind of looked at uh, our buddy Tim, who's going to be coming out with us. He's a very successful hunter and uh, he's a straight killer. Uh, he's gone out the past couple of years to Idaho, to Colorado. I can't remember his success in Colorado, that area. Um, but I do know two years ago, he was success- successful with a nice mule deer. Uh, then last year he had, he shot a beautiful bull and, uh, all by himself too. So that's something where, Heck yeah. you know, he's, he's a year younger than me. Uh, and I know where, where he's at in his relationship when he told his girl that he has some people to go with, I know that she was excited and he was a little more excited as well too. So no, so it, it's, I, I mean, it's been going really well and I know he's going to get, uh, boots to the ground sometime in July. So within oh, really? next month. So th- like I said, the three of Is us he out here. No, he's actually like where I'm from. Like we kind of, we grew up in the same area, but uh, like I said, Dimitri kind of sent us a bunch of, shared us a waypoint. So that's been a really great feature that we've been using just because when Dimitri's at work and on lunch, I mean, we're getting like beep, 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 you know, the Onyx. (laughs) Yeah. At lunch, I'm sure. Yeah. So (laughs) it's it's, it's been awesome just because then I'm. I'm looking at it and like how he said about finding those vantage points. And, uh, our, our big thing is I know, like Tim said, he's like, man, we just got to try to find like that less pressured deer and we got to get away from people. So, and you know, like when you look at, you know, the roads on, on a map like that, you could, man, it it could be beaten down, you know, and, and make sure. So in the, I believe it's in the trails and rec layer. It might be in the hunt layer, uh, in our, in our layer library. It's shame on me for not knowing that for sure. But the, the MVUM layer, it shows, you know, the purple highlighted roads when they're open, when they're closed, that one's such a game changer. And it's so easy 
to tell where roads are from like a bird's eye view, you know, those purple roads stick out like a sore thumb. Um, and like, just, just from some knowledge that I've gotten from other guys at the office and like, I've, I, you know, I've been fortunate enough to be in the, the know with like the Remy Warrens of the world. And, right. you know, a lot of what they preach is like heads of drainages with, with high country mule deer. And then anywhere where you got heads of drainages, look for that good bedding cover. Like, you know, those cliffy craggy stuff that creates shade for much of the day. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a lot of times using that aerial imagery, which our aerial imagery is awesome, but also like pairing it with Google earth where you can change the slider on the date to see what that vegetation that's up there. Um, and then obviously access to water is huge that time of year. But I mean, velvet mule deer, I don't know if there's a dreamier hunt, like awesome weather in the high country, typically um, like long days, and you get to sit up high, glass, glass, glass. And is there anything better than glassing up a critter and then just getting to like plan your route and put a stock on them? Yeah, that's in my opinion, no. Yeah, that's one thing I'm really excited for, just because I got a brand new camera, so I'm hoping to to elevate our filming that we have coming up for this upcoming season. And and that's something where I'm gonna try to document this whole trip. Um, so I'm, you boys got phone scopes? Yeah, so I I actually did order one of the those. I got one of those off using the guys from Hush. They have that discount code, so I, I grabbed one. Of, yeah. I used their discount just to order one just because uh, our buddies um, with, with Big Sky, uh, we're going to go through them and, and get a get a scope, a spotting scope, just because, you know, for Sweet. us, you know, just for us, we're kind of like, we, we don't need no use need, for a spotting scope right. in Pennsylvania. <laughs> right, yeah. exactly. So, we're, you know, so our, our buddies there are going to hook us up and uh, we're, we'll what be, are you taking out there? So we'll probably take out, um, uh, we're, we'll be going with one of the Vortex. I don't even, we didn't tell them which one we want yet, but they offer, I think, three different models. So, which is good. So we'll look at yep. it and see what we what we need. I mean, my recommendation, especially if you're renting the glass, dude, rent the best class you can. Like yeah. it, it's crazy. So I came out West with pretty marginal glass. Like I was rocking like mid-level steer binos. And you know, I got out here and like my, my boss, Zach and my coworker, Dylan, were all like, what, what kind of binos <laughs> are you looking through out here? Yeah. And I was like, I don't know, some eight, eight by 42s that work in the whitetail woods of Wisconsin and <laughs> Iowa. And they're like, here, check these out. And you know, they hand me their vortex razors and it's like, whoa, yeah. there, there might be a $900 difference between these binoculars. Yeah. So like I've, I've got myself set up with some better glass, you know, two years later because it is, it is an investment, but like the difference that you see, which you don't really notice it if you're right. standing Cabela's like looking, looking between a $3,000 pair of binos versus a $500 pair of binos. You're like, Oh God, there ain't $2,500 worth of difference here. Yeah. But you take it out into the field and you put it on a tripod and you're in low light. The difference is very apparent. Let's take a quick break today and thank our partners over at Stoker Eye Stabilizers. I'm running an M1 Hunter 14 stabilizer on my Matthews VXR28, and this is the micro diameter stabilizer. It's perfect for eliminating vibration. It has a perfect balance on that left side of the bow with my quiver on the right side. It feels awesome at full draw with zero vibration. Again, proudly made in the USA right here in Pennsylvania. Check out the M1 series and all the other series that Stoker Eyes has over at stokerized.com. Well, that's, and that's what I like, I'm pumped about just because I have, I have a, just like your mid-level 10 by 42s. And I know Dimitri, you got a size up, didn't you? Yeah, I got 10 by fifties. Yeah. So he's running 10 by fifties and 
we'll be kind of with each other more like the entire time. Just again, just like I said, yep. if, if he's stalking, I'll be filming or vice versa. Um, you know, we haven't, you know, Tim, we haven't really made a game plan in, in that side of things, but, um, we're, man, I'm just so pumped and excited, like you said, just to kind of get up there and, and glass and just see that experience and country and, and all that. So I'm, that's what I'm really looking forward to and trying to follow Dimitri with finding out what we're, uh, what, what looks good on the map. And hopefully Tim could get some boots on the ground in those areas and be like, yes, no, and all that type of stuff. Have you guys spitball, like how far you plan on packing in and stuff? Are you guys like hauling it, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten miles in or just a couple or? Uh, we haven't really decided though. Um, we haven't really picked out exactly where we want to be yet. I mean, we would like to sure. be at least three plus miles yeah. for sure. Um, to start out with, uh, especially that first day, um, we're going to end up just to do the schedules. We're going to get there probably real early Saturday morning. Um, so basically when we're hiking in, we're going to be starting to hunt. So we'll be basically start the hunt from the truck that day. Um, we wanted to get in there actually Friday and do a little scouting the day before, but just due to schedule, it didn't work out that way. But so, I mean, I think hunting, especially our first time from the truck out is going to help us a little bit and just kind of ease into it instead of rush into it and, you know, and try to get a little too antsy. I think if we get in there early, um, even though it would be nice. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And like, I mean, there, there's there's no wrong thing to do yeah. obviously you find find a good vantage point sit behind some glass see what you see for a while and like i don't know what your guys's plans are but the minute i draw a high country mule deer tag i don't care if it's a 100 inch four point or a 200 inch four point like doesn't matter i'm going to be putting a stock on it and if i if i get into bow range and i'm all jazzed up and my heart's pounding out of my chest I'm drawing back and letting an arrow fly. Yeah. Like I, I just haven't experienced enough of those. See a deer at a mile away, plan out your route using on X, like, Oh, deer's there, drop a waypoint and figuring out how you're going to get there and then getting there and making it all happen. Like that's just so fun. And so, so different than what you guys do back in Pennsylvania than what, than what I grew up with in Wisconsin. Like it's just so fun. And that's what, I mean, his one buddy that uh, we're going to have on uh, coming up here soon that actually was from central uh, Pennsylvania that moved out there. He's been a very successful hunter, but we've been getting a lot of Intel of just like, man, they're a different animal, you know? And, and it's just the, the way you got to hunt them is just so different. So man, it, just that challenge too, is just so exciting and fun and just kind of gets you like, I, man, I, I'm so this weekend I'll be traveling back home, setting out trail cameras, like I said, for on the mountain and doing some different things. So that'll be like, I'm usually by this time I'm whitetail, like three, 110%. And, but like, yeah. but man, I'm just so excited for a Western hunt that like I'm, I'm Pat, I'm rechecking my list. I got everything of, of supplies that I need. I mean, there's little things I need to get, but for the most part, I got all my gear. I got the pack. I got my tent. I got my, 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 my uh, sleeping bag, everything. And so Dimitri and I, we, we were, we were just texting back and forth. We we're like, man, we gotta, I mean, we both are doing our own little fitness type thing of getting ready for, for that, sure. for that. But at the same time, I'm like, dude, we got, we got to on a weekend, just get up early and go hike, uh, Tussie mountain, which is over in state college there. And, uh, that's a good, nice little hike and just kind of walk around with, with some weight on our back and get used to that. So man, I, like I said, I'm, I'm ecstatic. 
Yeah, well, and shoot, so- sounds like you could probably throw a, throw a backpack on, throw a little bit of weight in there, and do plenty of whitetail scouting in your Appalachian yeah. backyard and get, get a good workout in doing that too. And, you know, double down, get some whitetail intel while preparing for your muley hunt. Absolutely. Well, Jared, what do you got going on this upcoming season? Uh, well, I actually have a, have a pretty solid whitetail tour coming up nice. which, and like kind of, kind of reverting back here for a hot second. I, I often, when I'm glassing, mm-hmm. I think, wow, this is really similar to sitting in a tree stand. And, and like, <laughs> this is, this is hard for Western people to grab the concept of, but I think you guys will totally agree with me when you get out here because it's fairly monotonous. Like you're just sitting there yep. on a hillside looking through binos and yes you can like roll around and at least keep yourself warm or walk walk 30 yards and get a different vantage but you're really just sitting there and the moment you find a critter it's not it's not quite the rush as it is bow hunting sitting in a tree stand because usually that critter is within bow range when you see it yeah but it's just like oh holy shit like that's that's a mule deer buck like that that's what i'm here for yeah it might be a mile away but it's that same that same (laughs) type of your heart just like jumps out of you for a second like there it is, you yeah. know, so that'll, that'll be sweet for you guys to bring full circle and compare your, your tree stand hunting to glassing. Cause I find that I, I love glassing. Like it's, I find it very similar to that, that same anticipation you get from sitting in a tree stand. Yeah. Yeah. And but, I think the, the hardest thing for us is going to be once we see that mule deer for the first time, not to rush into like a spot <laughs> and stock, you know, cause we get out yes. there and we're, we're going to see it and be like, there it is. Let's go after it. And you know, and the more I hear things about mule deers, you got to be patient. You got to really just take yes. your time and you know hearing the thing of people waiting three to five hours of just sitting there within bow range waiting for it to stand up and i hear these things i'm like boy man that's going to be the toughest part of being out there for especially the first time for sure and i i cannot tell you so honestly spring bear hunting has been a really good like segue for me into spot and stock hunting yeah just because like if i screw up a spring bear I don't care that much. It's not, it's not like I pooched a mule deer or an elk or like, it's, it's just, it's just lesser of a consequence to me, I guess. And I learned that the hard way doing spring bear hunting is like the first, the first couple times I was out here, I'd like pull up my binos, I'd find a bear. And it was like, as quick as I could, I dropped that pin on, on X where I saw that bear and I'd be boot scooting boogie in to try to get into position to take a (laughs) shot. When in reality, that's totally what you got to do. You got to sit there. You got to watch that watch that critter, whatever it may be, get an understanding of where he's going, how he's acting, if he's going to go bed down, if he's going to continue to feed, whatever he may be doing. So I, I mean, that's definitely wise is to, yeah, play, play the patient game. Yeah. We've been listening to a lot of the hunt back country podcasts as well. And uh, like with Mark and Steve on there and they both, you know, they've talked about right now, I think they're even running a mule deer series talking about how, yeah, just like, just some tips and tricks and it's been really helpful for us. And I, Steve said that one day he's like something about watching a deer for four, four hours, just bedded down. And he's like, man, he goes in years past, I would have thrown a rock at it just to get up and, <laughs> you know, just to, so I could take that shot. He's like, but those yeah, days are make something happen. Yeah. Just to make something happen. And like how Dimitri said, I think that will be the, the biggest learning curve uh as far as if we do get on one just because again it's like you like for us for whitetail it's it's just different you know if you're on the ground you could make that move and and go a little bit where we're at but for that man it's just like dimitri said you don't drive 26 hours just to hurry up and boogie and uh and, and blow that stock well and i know for a fact that if you boys have been bow hunting as long as you have you've been in a scenario where you got to wait 
whether it's five or 20 seconds to draw back on a buck. Now imagine that same level of anxiety, anticipation, whatever it may be for multiple hours. Yeah. Good good luck. (laughs) That's crazy. Well, tell us a little bit about that whitetail tour you have going on, man. That sounds exciting. Yeah. So, so being out West, you know, like Montana tags for a resident are dirt cheap. So of course I'm going to be hunting elk, um, in, throughout September in the past couple of years, I've been really hunting just a lot of Western Montana being that we're based in Missoula, you know, our busy season is the fall obviously. So it's been tough to get a week off here or there to do an extended trip. So I've right. just been doing a lot of a weekend warrior type elk hunts and I've gotten into bulls, uh, you know, like two years ago, I actually stuck a really good bull and, and never found them pretty, pretty close to Missoula here. And, um, it, it's all really thick, dark timber around okay. the Missoula area within really about two hours of any direction. And, uh, and that's awesome when the bulls are bugling, like there's nothing better than screaming bulls in dark timber because you've got to get in close. The problem that I keep running into is like, you got to be there when they're screaming. If they're not, if they're not screaming on your particular Saturday, like you're just walking a lot and hoping you bump into something good. (laughs) So I actually applied for a, for a draw tag this year and and pulled one. Uh, It was like 70% draw odds. So nothing, nothing crazy, but it basically just gives me the, the freedom to hunt any general unit as well as a few select units that okay. this permit um, is good for. And so I'm actually headed up to, uh, to a new mountain range up uh, in, in North central Montana. That's a lot more open and has a lot more private ground. Um, but from, from what I can tell, looking at Onyx and studying the map, like I'm going to have a lot of good glassing advantages where at least I should be in the game as far as seeing elk and I can make a play even if they're not screaming. So that's kind of my hope. And I'm, I'm hoping to take a, a five day, five day elk trip, um, in September to do that. Um, and then October, October is going to be kind of a lull month for me. There's not a whole lot going on. I mean, the waterfall, actually the duck hunt out here in Montana has yeah. been way better than I could have ever dreamed. Of. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, just North of Montana. There's this little, little, little region that honestly looks like North Dakota. It's just full of little potholes. And you know, it's, it's like duck hunting. They're using a different pothole about every day, but you you go up there and you knock on enough doors and you spend enough time up there and you can definitely shoot some birds. So I'll probably just shoot some ducks in October. I'll definitely do some like whitetail hanging hunts. There's some public around town. Um, but then starting the last week of October, um, so Buffalo County, Wisconsin is kind of like the heralded County of Wisconsin. It actually has the most Boone and Crockett entries of, of any County in the nation by a landslide. And somehow I lucked into one of my best buddies from college. He created some relationship with this doctor at Mayo clinic, <laughs> um, who's a super good dude and bought, bought this uh, close to 400 acres in Buffalo County. Um, basically it sounded like just on a whim, because okay. he's, he's still at the point where he's doing enough surgeries and stuff at Mayo that he really doesn't have any time. Right. But he's like, oh, it's for sale. I'm going to want that someday. And basically, like, my buddy Nate just, like, hangs trail cameras for him, hangs some tree stands, you know, does some food plot work and just gets to hunt it and invite his buddies to come hunt it too. So dream scenario for me. That's so awesome. The, the last week of October, I'll head back to Wisconsin, hunt there for a week with him, and then – from there I'm driving, or at least the plan is to drive down to Oklahoma and meet up with, uh, the boys from become one, uh, yep. they're out of Ohio, have a TV show that we're, we've been partners with, uh, through Onyx for, I don't know, three, four years now. Um, and so going to meet with, meet up with them for, uh, do it yourself. It, it's, it's on a private 
it's on a, it's on private land, okay. but we, it's not guided or anything. It's basically like, here's the land go figure it out and find a whitetail. Yeah. That sounds uh, fun. That's awesome. So Oklahoma is like one of those weird States that produces big deer, but isn't really no, a like, well-known yeah. deer state. Yeah. Um, and I've never set foot in Oklahoma, so that'll be kind of my first week in November. So super stoked on that. Um, and just to meet those boys in person after having worked with them, you know, they're a riot. So that'll be a super fun hunt. And then, um, my aunt actually owns a farm in Iowa that her grandparents homesteaded. And I actually went to school at Iowa state purely for the reason to get resident deer tags for four years. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Cause as a non-resident it's, you draw once every three years and it's 600 some odd dollars. Whereas a resident every year for 30 bucks. So anyhow, I just drew for the first time after graduating college, uh, you know, with my third preference point. Um, so I'll go back to Iowa then from, you know, November 5th, 6th, basically until I kill a deer. That's awesome. <laughs> That's amazing, dude. That sounds like you, you have it mapped out for all the chances to get three really nice big deer. Well, I told, I told my boss, Zach, I was like, Hey, so, um, you know, now, now that I kind of lead up the white whitetail team, I feel like it's kind of my responsibility <laughs> right? to shoot a good whitetail every year. So like, do you care if I'm just MIA for a month? And he's like, ah, I mean, we've been working remote for the last three months. It's gone well. So I, <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll figure it out. Right. That's awesome. Well, Hey, that's like for us, the original plan was for us to go a little bit, uh, for for whitetail this past like for this upcoming season and then we talked to tim and we were, we're planning this mule deer hunt so i think i'm actually not going to be coaching football this year so i've oh really yeah so that was like i i was the head coach of like our middle school program and that kind of eats up from august until at end of october you know a little bit every so, single day yeah so that it was tough like getting out like I, I would pack all my stuff i'd get in my like run and gun and just after practice sometimes and just go over in state college area. But I'm going to look at some, like what's my travel distance to New York to Ohio and just see which one uh, is going to be the the closer bet because maybe in some of those days in October on weekends, instead of hunting here, I might try to do like a two, two weekend in a row in one of those States. So that's kind of my, my game plan for, for that, just because now I'll, I'll have that time. Um, so we'll, we'll see that that's kind of my little white tail tour as well. I just going to be PA and I'm going to focus on either New York and, uh, uh, Ohio. So that's, that's where I'm at. Demetri will be hunting here. Right. I mean, yeah, unless I tag out early, if I yeah. have some weekends free <laughs> later in the season, I'll think about it. If I'm sitting without a tag here and the weekends go by, I might have to pull something somewhere else. Yeah, so. well, and here's the thing last year you were tagged out like before November. So weren't, weren't you? Uh, it was like that first week, the first week I shot my buck on the 26th of October. And then I think it was that first week in November I shot my Dell. Yeah. So if we could, if he gets tagged out early, then hopefully I'll be like, Hey, let's go somewhere else. I'm, I'm okay what, with that. What's a non-resident tag in New York or Ohio run you? Uh, Ohio. I think it's only like two low, low twos. And I think for, for New York, it's, um, uh, it's less than two. So okay. it's not bad. I mean, it's no, it, no. It, I mean, for me, like I was saying, it's definitely worth that. And I know our, our buddy Bryant with America's Best Bowstrings, he kind of even said, listen, if you could come to Ohio during October, you'll have a much better chance just because the pressure is, is, is low mm -hmm. then, just because they go through until like end of January. Whereas, Oh, really? Yeah. So like for us, our late, late season is very tough here in Pennsylvania, just because <laughs> we'll like, especially this year, 
you could actually now shoot a doe on the first day of gun season. Whereas in years past, like it used to be like that many years ago. But I mean, as long as I could remember, it's been, Hey, you got to wait that first week. And then that, that next weekend. Yeah. That's how, that's how it's been as long as I could remember. And uh, so now this year is back to being that first day of gun season. You could shoot a doe. So I just think, man, these deer this year and with the extended archery season, they have seven days off for during gun and then it's the next couple of weeks. So that, that late season's tough um, for us. And I usually get two tags just because of, you know, if I want to just have some extra meat in the freezer and especially what's been going on right now, I'm like, thank goodness I, I had some extra meat just because seriously, I'm like, man, I got to save some for the trigger on a nice summer day just so I could, you know, enjoy it rather than just like making some, some uh, spaghetti all the time. And like when it was during COVID. Heck yeah. Well, and man, you talk about a hard hunt getting harder late season on public land where you don't have a banger food source. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't even know how you hunt. Uh, I mean, a mature deer, right. let alone a deer on big woods, public land, late season. That's, 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 that's some tough hunting. Yeah. Especially here. I mean, what has even been your experience like with that? Well, the, the hardest thing, especially during that rifle season, which you're talking, you know, the first two weeks in December, uh, the pressure so high and then you know people aren't seeing deer so they get in groups and they're doing these huge group deer drives and and just which is really the only way you can conjure up a deer probably pretty much at that point like the first hour of rifle season you're going to get that natural deer movement after that first hour it is just luck of the draw that that deer got spooked towards you and you see him running by your tree stand um if you're just sitting that's pretty much how it is in pennsylvania unless you have a huge chunk of private land so those deer are getting pushed and pushed and pushed and so i mean you may see a buck from you know a couple miles away that's just been gradually getting pushed by these big deer drives and just kind of escaping out um on the side of their drive and maybe goes down and up and down the next ridge and gets pushed again so especially when it comes to the late season you, you there's no pattern to the deer at that point and especially to see them come out you know at that last hour light is even pretty rare just because they know about that pressure um and then especially in the late season because the late season comes in the day after christmas so it comes in in the 26th so sometimes you're hunting you know ran january and you're getting very cold temperatures too so then it even gets you're talking about hard to draw the bow back too you know at that time so totally gets pretty tough so you don't see many deer taken uh especially in archery in the late season i mean it happens but it's pretty rare and let's take a quick break and thank our partners over at Cobra Archery. I've been talking about the Harvester release, the release that I'm using with the UTS uh, triggered system, uh, about how you could adjust the length, the angle with just one screw. Well, guess what? Coming out really soon, not only did they make it even better for us now, if you shoot like to shoot with, your, with four fingers, they're now adding that adjustment that you could order as well. So more adjustability coming. Make sure you check out the Cobra Har- Harvester release over at CobraArchery.com for me i think it was two years ago i had a a doe tag left and it was on one of those i think it was like the third to last day of that late season with the bow and it actually was pretty warm and i just went down by dimitri's house and where you walk through you get on public land and i crawled up a stand and like lo and behold there was like a group of 15 doe uh coming through and i could i just where i was i was just in the wrong spot you know what i mean like where they were eating they were maybe 
55 yards, like right over a little hump. Like I could see them just because of how, where I I was, but I was like, dang, like I was just so I was there, but, uh, I wasn't right underneath that food source and they actually bedded down for a while. And I was just hoping, cause I've seen in that spot before where I was, they actually would cross like behind me. Um, but they never ended up doing that. They kind of went that other way. So I think if uh, maybe if I was there in the morning, because uh, I think it rained too, and that's why I went out later. Because I said to Dimitri, I'm like, hey, it's going to stop raining here pretty soon. I'm going to just start going down now so I could get set up. Because after this rain, I think they'll be up and moving, in which they were. So like that was correct, but uh, the spot wasn't like the perfect spot. The spot. Yeah, the yeah. spot. Exactly. You're, you're in the right spot, the wrong tree. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> been, been, been there way too many <laughs> times. But I'm interested in like, feel free to steer this a different direction if you guys have already covered this on the podcast. But what do you guys what are you guys running for a running gun setup? Uh, so this year, I'll be running, I'll be first brand new to uh, to some saddle hunting for us right oh, now. Oh, you're join, joining the yeah, saddle revolution. Yeah, yeah. Alright. Well, my main thing was just because of the whole right after work uh and getting up as as quickly as possible of like with the time uh that was like my main focus and then i tried it out i really do like it just from shooting uh, i go up to my in-laws house they have a couple trees and like that's where usually i practice shooting a lot and man it, like for me it's it's just been an easier thing uh now like on i'm anxious to see how those long full day sits go that's what i'm a little uh I, like the comfort channels that I have on this new Phantom sat, like the tether, I like it. Like since I've never done it, I don't know anything other than the Phantom, you know. So, yep. yep. I I like it. It feels really comfortable, and I just want to see what it's when it starts to get into that rut, like those cold fifteen to twenty five degree days when I got to sit all day. And yeah. after Dimitri gives you uh, or gives me the rundown, I'll I'll give you some insight. Yeah. So so that's that's what I've been. Uh, Man, for, for my gear setup, I've gone through so many different sticks. I'm a gear junkie, like to like two to core. I've tried Lone Wolf custom gear. I've tried Hawk Heliums. I'm and right now. I'm oh, run- so you're so you're a Westie stuck in the East. Yeah. So I I'm, I'm currently running the uh, out on the limb uh, sticks that he, that Matt has. They're pretty sweet. They uh they're they're very very thin. Uh, the way that the, the uh, uh, that fold up a little bit with for your for your feet is is solid so that's what I, i'm liking right now and then like i said the tethered pre- predator platform as well as then the uh phantom saddle so we'll see what what we got going on and dimitri you're running so i'm still old school behind the trendy times i'm still running <laughs> a, a xop climber stand um you know i just feel comfortable i mean i can get up a tree quickly and quietly and i just feel comfortable with it uh I mean, I got the XOP day pack that, you know, connects through the base of the tree stand and is hanging on the back of that uh, stand and it's comfortable on my back. And I actually just got the, the backpack straps to go with it, um, you know, so nice. it's comfortable and, you know, I just, that's just what I feel comfortable with and I'm not ready to switch and give it up yet. So, uh, you know, I think er- stuff's going to work differently for everybody. So you just got to figure out what works for you and, you know, the way you're going to be successful is the way you're quietest and can get up that tree quickly as well. Absolutely. Well, and like if, if it's not broke, don't fix it is yeah. something I always try to uh, stay stay as true to as possible. But I'm kind of with you, Jeremy. So last year I got set up. I, th- I think my saddle is the Mantis from Tethered, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, but so the saddle hunting, 
I love it's way better than toting around a tree stand because basically what the hunting I'm doing around here is uh, there's there's a 600 acre section of public land that's landlocked. I had knee surgery a few years ago, knocked on like 30 doors that surrounds this one section of public. One guy was like, "Ah, stop by next year and maybe I'll be feeling differently. (laughs) Like literally, that's what he told me. I stopped by next year and he's like, oh, yeah, you can walk through my one acre to get to this public land like have at it and so i was like freaking sweet so i got access to this landlocked piece of public but it's 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 just flat there's not one single topple line on 600 acres and so it's like super hard i literally sit in a different tree almost every time i hunt out there so i'm always running super mobile i started out with a tree stand which was fine but as you found out jeremy like to go down there after work hang a tree stand like it was just kind of a pain and so i got set up with the saddle and i'm i was i'm running currently leverage which leverage tree stands are like i don't even think they're in business anymore it was like river's edge high-end brand those are the sticks i'm running um and i actually just ordered some of the hawk heliums yeah they're sweet Um, i really like those sticks i'm a big fan of them I haven't put my hands on them yet. They're actually yeah. at, at my buddy Zach's house because we ordered them together. He bought three of them. I it, bought three of them. It's the one um, thing that I, I don't mean to cut you off. It's the one thing no, that they, they get right. For whatever reason, they can't do a damn tree stand correct, like a run and gun one. But man, like everybody talks about, they're like, why don't they get their, they get their sticks right, but they can't get their stands right. Like, because they have a brand new run and gun kit. And at ATA, they, they said it was seven pounds. And then, on the box it says nine but then when you actually weigh it it's 12 and a half pounds so everybody's so mad but like the sticks that came yeah the sticks that came with it everybody's loving them because they're to cut down like three step one but Mm -hmm. they're to cut down for two step and everybody's like well i would have paid this for the sticks anyway but like who wants to stand like because everybody's so mad because it's interesting yeah it's crazy man but go ahead i don't mean to cut you off yeah no yeah so so basically those are the sticks i'm running and do you guys have any any experience attaching an aider to the, like the bottom of your stick like yeah. a loop for your foot because yep. i i gotta do that yeah yeah i i actually have that going on with with my out on the limb ones um what'd you use so am steel uh aim steel whatever however you pronounce it uh we're we talking like a-m-s-t-e-l yep. Yep. i'm yep. writing this down yep and then uh i know there's someone actually because i'm not good with it i actually ordered mine and, and man it was dirt cheap it wasn't like even crazy expensive and the individual that made it even has a like rubber, what would you call it? Like a rubber tube basically underneath it. And so like it keeps your, like your foot there and sturdy. Yeah. Sticks. Yep. And, uh, I mean still like, like as you, as I wind it up, it's, uh, it's solid. And even on those Hawk, they make Hawks, uh, specific ones where, because of where, oh, you, yeah, like where your, uh, like the steps will like fold up and down. Like when they come down, there's the hole there. Like you basically loop it to loop it. So it's going to be a nice big loop for you to, to put your foot on. Well, cause like I'm, I'm, I've never been one where it's like, I need to be 25 yeah. feet in a tree in the sky. Like I'm, I'm going to hunt wherever I can hunt from, but the more I've saddle hunted, I noticed that I just don't get up as high with my saddle as I do with tree stands. Cause you know, I could like, I, I have to stand on my stick, right? You know, I, I, I don't get that extra two, three feet where I can pull myself up in the tree, but so I'm running that saddle and like that saddle is freaking awesome for your after work hunt. So like yeah. if you're in it for anything less than four hours, it's amazing. Like just the mobility you have to, I wouldn't say I can shoot 360. But right. I can for sure shoot like 
270. Yeah. You know, I, I can shoot almost all the way around the tree. Um, I'm way quicker than I am with the tree stand, way more quiet. My only complaints are is I've done a couple all day sits in it. That's tough. I, yeah. I don't have the reclining back strap yet. Okay. I'm going to get that for this year and see if that is a game changer. Um, so like that, that I need to check out. Um, also just like a, a lot of times when I'm walking in, especially if I'm walking a mile, I bring layers, I'm changing. You can't change once you're set <laughs> up in your saddle very easily. Yeah. Like, you know, you got your, got your lineman belt, you got your actual saddle. Like if you want to add a layer, it's a pain in the ass. Yeah. That's so, the one, the one thing that I'll be, I'll ask you about even like off air, just the, how, how you go about doing that. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. And then the last thing that I, that I don't love about it is like, and, and maybe it's just cause I'm lazy, but like when I put my first stick up, I don't intend on going back down to the ground. Like I'm putting stick, 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 and I'm hanging. Right. So like to do that, you just kind of have to dial in a system, which my system has become attaching like multiple pieces of paracord that I need to make sure I'm not like tripping over as I'm hanging stuff up and climbing yeah. attached to my backpack, attached to my bow. And so like just getting everything up into the tree with you can be a real pain in the ass yeah. as well. Yeah. And, and like, I know, I know tethered makes some, some things to aid with that. I haven't gone into the, the accessories much because right. as you know, getting yourself set up with a saddle is ex yeah, expensive enough as yeah. it is. Right. Um, so like those, those are my biggest gripes, but overall it's still way better than a tree stand unless I'm sitting in the tree for eight to 10 right. hours, then I'll definitely take a tree stand at the moment. Um, I actually also got set up with a predator platform, which uh, was that worth my money? I don't know. Right. Like I feel, I feel like you could Jimmy rig one at home for probably like a lot 30 of people, bucks. Yeah. A lot of people do uh, like just grab a seat, lock on seat and then just use that. Yeah. Yeah. Like absolutely. I mean, any, anything you could find that would work. And even, I even tried, like I purposely left it at home a couple times just to see what it would be like standing on my sticks. Don't love that either. Yeah. Um, but so that, that's kind of the setup I'm running with again. I'm, I'm excited to try these Hawk sticks, but these sticks of yours, Jeremy, the, out on the, the limb uh, ones, yeah. Out on a limb sticks, the shikar, like these look pretty legit. And so, kind of the hype I've heard. I mean, twenty four ounces per climbing stick. That's damn light. Yeah, they're really, um, really like Dimitri. Even I mean, he got on one just to. We were doing a, a little thing for him with. Uh, he's writing an article about like for conditioning the shoulders because being a physical therapist and stuff. So I had we did a couple pictures with him on the sticks, just doing some cool things, and he he was impressed too with those. So what are they, are they carbon fiber or no. are they aluminum? Yeah, they're aluminum. Uh, okay. But like I said, just the way the, like you screw that and then as you, the screw comes loose and it's not like, you're not going to be fumbling around. Like once you get the hang of it, it's super simple. You just, where that nut, that bolt is, you unscrew it. The, uh, the steps kind of like push forward a little bit and then you just turn them. And then when they get turned, oh. you, you just lock that nut down again. And then you could stack them and they stack really, really nice. And actually a couple guests to go, Austin Cantola. So I'm doing a little shameless plug for him. He, his brand that he's doing 3d printing, it's called Genesis 3d, uh, man, he, his stuff is really cool and unique because he's making these little gadgets that actually clip onto your saddle. Uh, and like, he's making it specifically for whatever stick combination or like the predator platform. So like on your butt, 
he has one that's like a hook and the predator platform like legit just sits in there and it does not move the only way it moves is if like you're getting underneath it to remove it off so like now like how you were saying about having all those paracord that's how i was when yeah. i was using my he's my, making attachments for you to yeah. attach some of your and that's where my third paracord string was always yeah. attached was my damn predator platform right so like he's yeah, making these bow little, predator platform yep. backpack all hanging off me yep yep and that's what i was doing too like for like on my um like my tree stand harness like i had all these paracords everywhere <laughs> too and i was stripping all over a couple of times but yeah so he's he's a Ge genesis 3d printing yep yep yeah use code huh. antler up 10. <laughs> well that's it. why it was impressive he had that one piece where you could attach all three of yeah. uh, your sticks onto one and you just pop that first one off attach it climb up yeah. you pop the second one off and then that way they're not swinging huh. on your belt they're all nice tight compact uh right against your saddle and you I just can't tell you how many times my sticks were like like clank clank yeah. clink clink yeah. together while yeah. i was trying to set up had them in there and i was like sh i was holding them by the clips like shaking it and they weren't moving them some of that stuff is so niche and yeah. like you know i'm sure that austin doesn't have a whole lot of channels himself to advertise people are never going to find that but it's so useful yeah uh and yeah. then so another thing i wanted to touch on so I work a lot with Bo Martonic of East Meets West. He's out of Pennsylvania there, yep. as well as Ta Taylor Chamberlain, who's been on your oh, yeah. podcast. Yeah. They're both running these Timber Ninja outdoor sticks, right? Yep. And so, like, both of them, I haven't talked to Taylor about them yet personally. I've talked to Bo about them personally, and he, he has nothing but amazing things to say about them. But you talk about a pocket that you need to have some climbing sticks, 120 bucks per stick, and – I mean, not that yours that you're running, Jeremy, are, are a whole lot cheaper. But, but, but at, listen, you know, he does a bucks. he does a lot of fifteen percent off sales. Like anytime, like for Father's Day, he had fifteen percent off. So like anytime there's something big going, or even he might just run them. And a man, he's the quality. Like he's doing it himself. Like his quality is awesome. And if you were like how you were saying about a predator platform, like I'm going on a tangent now, but he he's very customizable so you could be like hey oh, matt cool. like listen dude i just want i want something this big or i want something that big he'll be like all right let's do it oh crazy yeah he's like, really really basically cool what that. i'm getting at is like he's mere mere two three ounces heavier than these timber ninja sticks and 30 bucks cheaper like i'm no, I'm kind of wishing I didn't buy those hawk sticks now yeah. damn it <laughs> <laughs> you'll like those though trust me like though you'll you'll they're they're legit they're pretty sweet all right yeah. all right well we, we might we might have to add some uh yeah. add some gear to the to the arsenal by the end of the fall yeah well because well, i was like too i saw those ninja ones i'm like wow that's a really cool concept the one thing that i just don't like i don't like the stationed wing for the steps yep um yep. and then obviously 530 dollars for four sticks is also not a cool I'd rather buy a used bow than than that. My God, you can buy a lot of stuff <laughs> for right. five hundred and thirty bucks. Yeah. So yeah, man, that's that's crazy. It's it's nuts. But like Dimitri said, his hang on. I mean, it's so awesome to just. That's why I love this whole community, just because of what works for people. Dimitri's not a, a small guy. I mean, Dimitri played Division One football. You know, was is a is a big person, and I mean, he gets up there like a cat with that. Just the climber you know what i mean and and Heck yeah and that's what it works for him and he's a killer with it and it's just awesome to just hear and see what people do well and that's the other thing about a saddle is not not that it trims you down a ton on the tree that you can sit in but i have noticed that it definitely 
it, it definitely takes away more trees than a tree stand does. Right. Now a climber, climber is a whole different realm. You talk about yeah. slimming your tree pickings, climber. Right. But like, I I've had to do way more sawing to get into trees with my saddle than I have with the tree stand. Right. Now, what uh, you know, switching over to even more gear, what what bow are you running that you know that you're lugging around? Yeah. So I I used to be an archery talk master. Like I would wheel and deal multiple bows per season when I was in high school. Like I just loved getting new bows. Like my best buddy's dad owned a bow shop. I basically, me and him were 14 year old bow techs. We'd go in there with our own bows, That's amazing. whip them up. I mean, we'd work on folks bows at the age of 14 and you know, they'd have no idea that a couple 14 year olds had their bows, but, but yeah. So, I mean, I was wheeling and dealing bows, bows all the time. And then, uh, in high school, I got set up with an elite answer. And for whatever reason, I just loved that bow. I shot that bow for six years, seven years, until last year. I, I got myself a Matthews Traverse. Um, I don't really even know why I bought a new bow, mostly just because I wanted one. Yeah. Um, and, and like, I shot the, I think it was the Prime CT5 maybe last year, the Matthews Traverse. Um Bowtech had one. I'm trying to remember the model of Bowtech. I don't know. You know, I compared four or five bows. And uh, this day and age, man, I don't care wrong. what bow you're buying. All bows shoot pretty dang well. It just depends that that one slight discrepancy that you're into. Right. Like for Prime and Elite, that back wall is so solid, like it's hard to let down. For Matthews, it's like for me. It, it, it's a, such a smooth shooting bow. It's dead in my hands. I really love a bow that's dead in my hands. Like yeah. that's, that's kind of my marquee feature of a bow is like, I want zero vibration and I want this thing to just be stone dead upon pulling the trigger. And the traverse did that for me. And like, I definitely miss my elites back wall. Like I find myself when I'm at full draw with my traverse, like sometimes I get a little jumpy with it, but I think it makes me a better shooter because I have to consciously think about my shoulder blades right. kind of like pulling together and staying attached, if you will, and then making that shot. But that's what I'm running right now. If, if I, if I, if I could, I'd buy a new bow every year. Yeah. I, I love it. <laughs> I love so it. Fun. That's like, awesome. That's, uh, that's music to my ears. Cause that's how, I mean, it's not, what I mean, that's just exactly how I would be too. If I could afford it and do it every single year, yeah. I I so would, you know, and that's what, what, are you, what are you boys running? So, uh, I'm running right now of the VXR 28. Um, okay. So you got yourself. Yeah, I did get a new bow. Yeah, I did. Pretty, pretty <laughs> yeah, I did. And, uh, man, I, it's, it's rigged out pretty sweet and, uh, it's, it's shooting. And one thing too, like exactly what you said about, you know, squeezing the, the shoulder blades together. I've actually the past couple nights I've been going out, my daughter goes to bed and like nine 30, you know, my wife's like, let me watch my show. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go out to the garage. I, I pull out my vehicle and I have my, my severed target in there. And I actually just been practicing, just like holding, just concentrating, squeezing and, and really trying to hone in just a little bit more of the technique. I find shooting, shooting archery super therapeutic. Yeah. Like uh, it is to me, Dimitri, what are you running? So right now I have the Bowtech SR6, um, love the bow, uh, had about a year now, and uh robin hood like robin hood three arrows. arrows since i've had <laughs> it in the last year um but it's a great bow i'm actually having some issues with it right now which i won't get into detail on air uh looked into trading trading it for something saw 
So I'll put it on Archery Talk just to see what people were interested in. Um, sure. But I think I'm just going to keep running it. Uh, just having some issues, so it's kind of putting a damper on my shooting right now. So, um, so what do you guys? You know, either of you answer this by all means. Like, how technical are you getting with your arrows? Like your sight setups? Like, so for me, like I, I definitely joined the the whole super heavy arrow yeah. initiative, if you will. Like all the Western guys do it, just because of penetration. When you're shooting an elk, if you hit a rib bone, it's gonna it's gonna do some stopping power. So I don't I don't remember. I've been shooting the same arrows for two years now. I've actually lost enough of my victory. VAP TKOs that nice. I need to replenish my stock, but I'm running in that somewhere like 450 grains total in my arrow. So yeah. I have like a, not like a super heavy arrow, but a pretty heavy arrow. Yeah. Um, and then I'm, I'm rocking a, a black gold ascent three pin slider, Okay. which I actually just changed up my slider setup. Previously I set up my floater pin as my bottom pin. Okay. But it, I don't really know why I did that because historically I've That's always what everybody shot tells you to my do. top pin. Right. Yeah, you're right. You're exactly yeah. right. Everyone tells you to do it. But like, yeah, just talking to my buddy that used to, his dad used to own the bow shop and some guys at work, like my boss actually used to be a bow tech when he was in high school. So lots of knowledge around and, and they're like, yeah, dude, there's no difference if you use your top pin as your floater as your bottom pin. So right. I actually just kind of re-got that dialed in. And so that's what I'm rocking. So some heavier arrows, super, super thin diameter with that three pin slider. And I love, I, I will never shoot another bow sight again. Like it will be a three pin slider for the rest of the time. I did shoot a spot hog fast Eddie like that single double pin really, yep. really enjoyed it. Um, and then I actually, for this bow build, I went with, uh, the black gold single pin, uh, pro site. Uh, man, okay. the thing is it's, it's sweet. The only, my only gripe about it is I'm so used to the spot hog where the, the bubble on it, yep. uh, the level is so big and the, on the black golds are, they're smaller. So like my, I ha actually had to change. That's what I've been working on is like, now I'm going through my shot process. I actually had to adjust it. So I'm on it. And then now be like bubble. Cause now I actually focus on my level and my level before I would, it was just part of the, the sequence. It was just there with the spot hog. And now I physically got to mentally do that right now. So here's something I want to ask you about your single pin. Yep. Are you, are you just like comfortable enough that you always feel you're going to get it dialed into the right range? Or are you like setting your pin to 30 and shooting at 45 and really getting to know your bow? A little bit of both. Um, okay. When I'm up in a tree stand, and that's the one thing that I loved about the Fast Eddie was that the double pin, I mean, you could sit it at 20 and then my bottom pin was 36 yards. That gap was just so easy. Now that's the one thing, like you said, I've been practicing more at like, okay, if I'm at, I'm at 22 yards, I'm kind of going back and knowing my bow and, and knowing where I got to aim just to hit maybe at 31, just because like you said, if a deer jumps or if it's doing that, um, that's the, you know, everybody knows that's the one big downfall of a single pin, but man, for me, just that clarity, because I actually, uh, last, last year for, I'm a varsity head coach for baseball for, we got, we got a gift card as a coaching staff, 150 bucks. And I called S and, uh, S archery. I'm like, Hey, send me one of those, uh, <laughs> Uh, three pin black gold sliders because yeah. I, I I loved that idea and I know Dimitri at the time really was a big fan of like the three so I was just like I want to try it just to see and you know gear mm -hmm. junkie like I am I was like Let, let's do it if I don't like it I'll sell it um, I shot it I just had trouble 
I don't know. It's just something with the, with the three. Pin. I know that's not many. Some people are gonna be like, "Well, dude, I shoot seven. Um, But for me, it was just well. Those like, people that shoot sevens are damn psychos. Yeah, and right. You will not change my mind about yeah, that. So, whoop, but I, uh, uh, but yeah, I just, uh, I there's something about that single pin that I love, and I, I just, I, I don't know. It's it's clutch. I just turn into too much of a puddle of soup in the moment to shoot a single pin. Yeah. Like like I'm just like. Uh, oh my god i need a pin that's that's yeah. right yardage you know like playing that whole game like memorizing like oh this deer's at 34 yards i need to hold seven inches high at set at 20 yards like yeah. i don't know yeah it, 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 it takes a lot of shooting to get good with that for sure so right. good on you dimitri what are you running well i did have a rocky mountain three pin slider last year uh during the hunting season i i liked it Especially the fact, like you, you had the different pins, um, but you had the adjustability for further distances. But the issue I ran into was with the SR6 was being so fast. Uh, my pins were so tight together, I had to spread them out as far as the yardage more. Uh, you shooting a pretty light arrow? Uh, I was, yeah, last year. Yeah. I'm actually going to a heavier area this year. Um, but when Jeremy got rid of his, uh, spot hog, I jumped on it. So uh, that's what I'm shooting now. Um, I actually love it though for the single pin for me. I mean, I, I mean, technically it's a double pin, but single pin sight at further distances. I'm, you know, I'm not as intimidating by that distance because of the totally. single pin. And it's really helped me out, especially giving me some more confidence for going out to Utah and knowing that I'm going to shoot further distances. So, um, I'm really enjoying that site. So, and plus it's like a brick house, so you can't, can't break yeah. those spot hogs. What, what are you, what are you guys comfortable with? Like what, where are you setting your boundaries at when you go to, out to Utah? Uh, hopefully once we, uh, the goal is to be like fully comfortable at 60 yards. Um, yeah. you know, I mean, ideally I would love to do 70, but at the same time, um, I think 60 is going to be that, that bread and butter wheelhouse. I've been, we've been practicing, uh, well into, to 55 plus range right now. So hopefully as, as the days get longer now, we'll, we'll be stretching it out e even further. And, you know, even with the arrow build, my goal is for my, my white tails heavy. My white tails like last year was five ten. Um, whoa, whoa, so you're shooting different arrows. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm okay. going to have two different builds. I'm going to try to be for that, for our Western about that 470. Um, just to, like you said, well, cause I'll be, I'm only shooting 65. Uh, my thing is just like, okay. I mean, what's nice is with the VA, obviously with the new Matthews, you could have those switch, switch, you know, the, uh, switch mods, but I'm going to just stick with the 65. Cause my thing is, you know, when it's 10 degrees for whitetail, I want to be able to draw it back, you know? Yeah. So my goal is if I could get run a 470, 475 ish, uh, for mule deer, I'll, I'm going to go with that. And, um, like I said, my whitetail is pretty, pretty heavy. Just, uh, I mean, last year when I got my buck, man, I think just boom, it just sounded like a gun went like when it hit, it just was awesome. If you're going to hit him, you might as well hit him hard. Yep, exactly. And that's, I mean, Dimitri, like how he was saying when his, his buck last year, I mean, he smoked his and, um, uh, it didn't go very far either. And I know he got really good penetration and going through and everything like that. So I'm, I built him a couple of arrows right now and he was at what, 440. Yeah, four, it's like 445, I think I was. Yeah. Um, but I'm thinking about maybe going to a 125 grain uh, broadhead to well, heavy it up a little bit. A lot of folks like 
at least in my opinion and my understanding, the average Joe archery guy that goes down the street and buys their given gold tip or carbon express arrow and throws a whatever 100 grain broadhead on it. They're shooting some damn light arrows. Like they're, they're not, they're not hitting with much pop. No, no. And that's so it's crazy, man. And like you said about the FOC and all that type of stuff, like for, for the ones that I built, Dimitri, that there's really, there's, it's those new Easton 6.5s. Um, yep. so, so, and they're, it's the middle class for, so the straightness is, I think is 0.03. Uh, so up front, there's really not heavy, anything heavy up front there as far as like brass or anything. So he, uh, like you said, I think for him running a 125 would be solid for me. I, I built two different arrows for, this is the going for whitetail. I built one that had like the 75 grains and then one had 50 just to see how they both flew and both th- flew actually really well. Um, so I, it's for me, I'm just going to kind of continue that route as far as building the, uh, I'll probably go 50 up front for, for the mule deer hunt. Right on. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of fun just to play around with all Absolutely. that stuff. It, like, if, if you have the time and the resources, like, to, to experiment is, uh, I enjoy it anyway. Yeah. Well, that's what sucks for during COVID. Like, Dimitri had to work, and being a school teacher, we were done. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, like, uh, since... Hey, Dimitri, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> so, it's been, uh, I mean, I've... Like you said, and our our bow shop that we were going to down in Miller's and PA, it's it, that was like kind of shut down and just drop off only. And it's like, well, that takes the fun away, you know. I'm not yeah, going totally. to do that. So, I mean, I bought an arrow saw and just bow vice. I'm I'm like, all right, I'm just the press away from having that nice little shop in here. So, heck yeah. yeah. Well, hey, uh, you know, Christmas is coming up in yep. six months. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Well, good stuff, man. Hey, uh, Jared, thank you so much. We're just, we're even over an hour, man. This was pretty simple and pretty fun to, to go through. I, I thank you for coming on and talking hunting and talking setup. There's even more that, you know, we'd love to have you on as, as the days of summer get, get, uh, get, go to an end here soon. We get ready for some Western hunts just to see where, where you're at and what's go, else is going on. Yeah, we'll definitely have to circle back up. You know, if, if nothing else, we'll have to uh, r- bring this full circle come fall and exchange some hunting stories. I'm I'm super stoked to hear how your guys' Utah hunt goes. That'll be yeah. rad. Yeah. Uh, good on you guys for getting out west and, and exploring. There's nothing better than checking out new country with, with good buddies. So yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's awesome. enjoy it. And I appreciate you guys having me on. And it's it's been a pleasure. And we'll talk to you soon. Awesome, man. Well, where could people find you and, and uh, you know, reach out to you or, or reach out for with on X maps and all that. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, Instagram it's Jared C Larson. Um, nothing special. I'm pretty much just your average guy that, that posts uh, a, a grip and grin now. And again, when we got a good one and, <laughs> Um, as far as on X goes, you know, on X on Instagram, uh, give us a follow, you know, hit me up personally. If you have on X questions, I'm always more than happy to answer those. Um, and uh, quite frankly, for, for way cheaper than a tank of gas or about as cheap as a box of shotgun shells, it's probably the most useful thing I carry in my pocket. That's, that's a, un- well, that's a very biased, shameless plug. <laughs> that's awesome, man. Well, thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate it. And uh, make sure everybody you go check out Jared until next time, Antler Up. And that's a wrap for another episode of the Antler Up podcast. Thanks again to Jared for coming on. Uh, and man, we had so much fun with this one. I hope you all enjoyed it as well. And if so, please make sure you go leave a five-star review. That helps us continue to grow. Thanks again for listening. Go check out our partners. Shoot them straight. Get ready for fall. Check those trail cameras. Till next time, antler up.